Mark here from Mark 2.0. Brian and I are just thrilled for our next guest, producer, writer, photographer, director, Bill Howard. Bill, let's start out oh, by man. how you started getting into this career. Um, a little over seven years ago, I went photography full-time. I had a 20-year uh, previous life in automotive service management, and uh, I was also an outdoors columnist uh, for up to 16 different newspapers. I did the column each week, and also did, uh, did some freelance writing back then, and I decided to get a DSLR to help with my columns and my freelance stuff because you get paid for the photography side of it as well and um it, it was kind of funny because six weeks after my first paid gig with the camera i was able to quit and go full-time uh, awesome wow. but every year i try to learn something new uh like I'm a sports photographer, I'm a commercial photographer, a real estate photographer. So like I might would focus on portraits one year. Well, a few years ago, I decided to start working on the video side of things and did my first little uh, kind of like an experimental short film. And uh, it I filmed it over like four hours one evening. Uh, it made it to two film festivals. It was featured in one. It was the lead off uh, project in another. And then I just gradually tried to learn more on the, on the filmmaking side. And then last Halloween weekend, I shot my first short film that had cast and crew, mm -hmm. uh, something that it wasn't just a one man band. I, you know, we had, uh, we had an ensemble of probably about 15, 20 people and I enjoyed it, but I wanted to have, uh, being a writer, I kind of wanted to maybe do something that's my own story. So I learned how to write a script the proper way. Uh, and then that went into uh, my first feature film, which is called The Great Dismal. And the script made it uh, to the Toronto Film and Script Awards. Um, and we started filming last February, mm. you know, th of this year. Yeah. And I have five scenes left that I have to shoot, but I have to wait for the leaves to like go away and change color and, and not oh, be so summery okay. and vibrant green. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was my first feature film. I've got those five scenes left to do in the meantime, I've off of something that had happened in my photography side, uh, I decided to do like a short, it's a feature length documentary, but, but to do something, it didn't take long to film in other words. Mm -hmm. And that, that was the incredulous case of aliens, the U S government and Arnie Smith. And I did. Which was it was great more. by the way, everybody. It was oh, yeah. riveting. Oh gosh. I watched it. Like I couldn't take my eyes off the, the guy. They were so just, just so amazing. Well, I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, but it, it, that was really just more of a test for me so that I could test the distribution system with things like Indie Rights or Film Hub um, for the Great Dismal. So I could do the Great Dismal right when I finished it. But I had a lot of response while making that film as well as once the film came out. And so now I'm doing a docu-series called Encounters and it's basically dealing with alien abductions. So. That's kind so, of my, my story in a nutshell so far. <laughs> so the attention you were getting during it, it was because of the subject matter you figured mostly? Yes. Um, it was, I had several people that came out and 
they wanted to tell me their story. They they would message me their story, but they are scared to tell other people. The only reason they came to me is because of the film. And the more this happened, the more I realized there's a lot of people that have either had abductions or think they have had abductions. And I guess that's one avenue that I'm trying to figure out with the docuseries on encounters is man, some of the stuff is just so unbelievable. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. Right. And now that the government's come out and talked about, yes, you know, we have these aerial phenomena that are not man-made they're otherworldly. Uh, I mean, those are the words the government is using describing them. Uh, it, I'm hoping it's going to take some of the stigma off of the abduction side as well. The abduction thing is weird because in my research, you get the same story from people in the Amazon jungle as you do in New York City. And so it's really hard to deny, even though, like you said, it's just so crazy. It's so hard to believe if they're telling kind of the same story. Well, there's got to be some kind of continuity, some kind of truth going on there. And there's just a lot, a lot of information. And some of it seems very uh kind of benign and some of it seems very very dangerous it and you know in today's age it's a whole lot easier to see how people can make stuff up and still have the same story from japan to argentina to new york but a lot of these stories that you know this stuff started way back in the 40s and 50s with evidence or or at least secondhand evidence that were very similar. And this, you know, the only way you would see it then was if it was in a newspaper. I mean, you only had three news stations and ABC, NBC, and CBS, they didn't broadcast in Japan. They didn't broadcast in Argentina. And of course there was the, that, that even, even a little further back, you can go all the way to the Roswell incident, which was a good example of how the media can literally control everything oh yeah uh and and then who controls the media as well right and <laughs> i mean fact, there, there's so much depth in everything in the in these stories it, i mean you don't talk about an alien abduction without having the government mentioned in the same breath at least in the the interviews that i've had so far it's so easy to manipulate the newspapers. They literally put out the story that the a flying saucer had been recovered and they had it in their position, possession rather. And a couple of days later, it turns out to be a weather balloon of tin foil and basically, you know, popsicle sticks, basically. So it's it's really, really scary what the media can do and how long they've been able to do it. And then you go to the 1950s and you see a lot of black and white film of people talking talking about abduction and to me that was really the first glimpse that we got of that yeah and you know going back to roswell um i spoke with a gentleman i want to say it was about two months ago and he lived in dayton ohio so he was right there near wright patterson and he had top secret clearance uh he graduated high school and went to work for Wright Patterson uh, at Wright Patterson as uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of. Um, he didn't, he wasn't in the military He's a contractor. Mm. So, uh, but he got to see like the, the manifold list 
and he saw when the planes came in and he said, you know, a weather balloon just doesn't weigh 20,000 pounds. Uh, there was point. something else. Yeah. Mm, that is riveting. Wow. That's, I've never heard of this person. Yeah. And the thing, I, thing is, I can't say his name. You know, I, I'm a lot of the stuff they're scared to come out with too much. Uh, but I mean, what I can vet of him, at least in a short time. Yeah. That, that's where he was born. That's where he went to high school. And yes, he was a contractor. There's no reason for me to doubt his word on it. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely. But, yeah. You know, when, again, you see a manifold list from a plane that's coming in and, um, and it's from, you know, like two days after Roswell, oh. it lands at Wright Patterson, uh, you know, it, 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 the story meshes. Let's, let's the best way to say it, I guess. Do you think the government probably started their campaign with the media, movies and TV, trying to kind of diffuse this thing? It, it, it took about 20 years, but in the 19, late, like 70s, they started to kind of, I think, push the, the, the idea forward that these aliens are our friends and that they're kind of watching over us and stuff like that. Some people take that attitude toward aliens, but you're your documentary kind of shows a different view. What is your view on that? I don't know. If we had a, another species, an alien species or something like that, was that was there to help us. If I'm trying to help somebody myself, I, I don't mind that person knowing I'm helping them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, if, if if you find a wounded deer and you're trying to like get it out of the road, you're not trying to hide from the deer, you know, you, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I just can't imagine that. I'm not going to say that there's, you know, something sinister and evil with an alien species. Heck, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know if there is an alien species. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it myself. Mm -hmm. Have I seen a UFO? I've seen something I couldn't identify, but, I haven't seen the classic flying saucer or the, the vibrating bell or the cigar shaped type stuff flying in the sky. I haven't seen that. Um, but it, to me, it would be more of we're of use <laughs> to whatever's out there rather than they're trying to help us or they're trying to kill us. We're, there's just something. Of, and I mentioned it in the movie. Um, when I was out on the salt flats in Utah, and I had a little monologue uh, in the Incredulous movie. The Earth is very, very unique. Uh, I mean, we we've got you know liquid water. We have you know north and south. We have uh, the the frozen poles. Uh, so we we've got high temperatures. We've got like the the volcanoes, and we we have what eight billion species of different creatures that are living here maybe more 80 billion something like that if, once you start counting viruses and bacteria and stuff like that we haven't found anything on the only two places that we could go to to actually check and that's mars and on the moon at least we haven't been told that there's any living entity on either one not i'm not saying intelligent i'm just saying living period and that makes the earth kind of like, like a a giant petri dish so if I were an alien species, why wouldn't I want to come here and see what's special about this planet? And, you know, that that's kind of the thing there. So 
Yeah, again, I, I think we would be more of a test for them and to study rather than being something they're trying to, let's keep nuclear bombs away because this species is special. I don't think they care about something like that if there actually is an alien species out there. What or do you think about as my interviews yeah. have gone, I'm, we're talking multiples. So. Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, you get the uh, your classic grays and they seem to be reported as kind of emotionless and then, you know, kind of just leading you around. They'll pretty much put you to sleep and put you back in your bed or whatever. Right. And then you I've heard things of like the reptilians um, who. Uh, according to lore they see us mostly as food or whatever and then they're ones that are like look like just like beautiful human beings you know with blonde right. hair you know and they're very very interested in us and want to help us and all of that and uh do, do you believe any of these other things have you run into any of these things in your in uh, in, in the people you've talked to when one gentleman uh, i spoke with he counted six different species and I, I mentioned reptilian in our interview several times, and he kept correcting me that it's not reptilian, it's serpent. Oh, um, wow. He also has mentioned many times about a fish species. Um, the, the look that he described it as isn't like a fish that we pull out of the ocean or out of the river, but it's, it, has, it does have fish-like qualities. It has mm -hmm. scales the way the face is made, but he, the way he explains it is less material and more dimensional look to it. Um, he also mentioned that there was a either insectoid or like a bee species uh, that was actually in his room. He said the face is solid, it's material, but the body was very digital, almost, uh, you know, glitchy and matrix-like. And it, again, you know, so you're sitting here as trying to be, you know, same person and you don't want to laugh. You don't want to think they're crazy. And you're just trying to put all, there's so much of this that if you haven't, you know, experienced it, it's hard to fathom what they're telling you and then believe that it's actually happening. And, you know, it, when we just talked the other night briefly, I mentioned that sometimes you wonder if we, we know, even with the recent stuff, I don't care which political party you're with, whether you're Democrat or Republican, it does not matter. But we know that the government will eat its own and they'll, they'll manipulate things. We know that. No doubt. If, mm -hmm. if I were to experience something and it's something that I was not supposed to experience, it would be so easy for the government or the clandestine groups that's in the government, whatever, to at that point say, you know, mm. we're not going to be able to shut him up. So let's just keep <clears throat> feeding him stuff that's even more and more fanciful. That way, everybody will just kind of shun him and, you know, brush him off. Uh, it, it's so easy to do it, it. You know, one of the things I mentioned is uh, it's, it's like if you have, you know, a couple, a, a man and a woman, and the man gets caught cheating. Every time that phone's ring, his phone rings from there on out and a woman's name is showing up on screen, the woman is going to think that that's somebody he's cheating with. Yeah. It's not necessarily that's what's happening. But mm. once you are fed that first line, it, it stays with you. And that's the same thing with, with this alien abduction, UFOs. Once you experience it the first time, it's so easy to then 
think everything is involved as far as the government covering up, as far as aliens are watching you at all times and that type of thing. So right. that's one of the things we're trying to get in encounters is, is separate that information and let, let's try to get what we can. Let's see if, if that is what's going on or are we, uh, Bob Lazar mentioned it that, yeah, he, you know, I could have been going by rooms that they were planning stuff in there to make me think it was a whole lot different than what it was. So that my story just wouldn't collaborate. And I mean, that makes sense. That's, that's the perfect way to hide something. And you, you talked to Bob Lazar today and he basically has the exact same speech as back then. It's basically, yeah, I saw these things, but I really don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Everything's so compartmentalized too. You know, no one can really even get verification from their peers or anything like that. Have you had any weird contact or anything that you felt was trying to throw you off or anyone contact you or anything like that? I'll, well, the person that I first interviewed and I talk about him uh, at the beginning of incredulous case, the one um, who died. Yeah. The one who died. He, he worked in a nuclear program and then through a friend of his, that was an astronaut he was able to uh, transfer as an operative and his what he was telling me he i guess that's part of the weird thing he asked me if i had my phone on him i told him yes he said he told me to cut it off so i did i thought that was the end of it but then he made me lay it in the grass and we walked 75 yards into a cornfield corn stalks are seven, eight feet high. And he's stretching up and looking around like this the whole time. Uh, and I mean, you couldn't see four feet away from you because of the corn stalks, but he, I mean, he was very skittish. And then that's when he started telling me, you know, what his job was. And if, it, for those that haven't seen the movie, uh, it, I do have it on YouTube and it's also on cubestream.com right now. And I, I'll, it's going to go, to a few other streaming services uh, in the near future as well. But with the, I don't even know where I want to go with this, to be honest with you. I know. Um, I don't want you to go too far. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I know the story you told it to me. I'm just dying right. here because I know. So I, I, I kind of got to be careful with it, but it's uh, his job as an operative was when somebody went missing in one part of the United States that he would find out who it was that was missing. And if it was somebody that they knew was supposed to be missing, then they would come up with the reason for that person dying. That in itself is fascinating. Is it not? Exactly. Job. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, and he explained it out. He, he said, look, and it, it, my job became much more easy when Mexico cartel, you know, drug cartels started coming over because then we could blame it on them and everybody was like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Oh, my God. Um, you know, before then they were coming up, yeah, he must have died from a rattlesnake bite or, you know, from exposure to the elements in the desert, you know, that type of stuff. And it was um, that four corner area, was it not? That four corners area. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and he said now if the name did not show up on his list, then the CIA doesn't look for missing people you know they don't so he would turn it over to the sbi the, you know the, the state bureau of investigation of whichever state it was in and, and let them handle it which is what they're supposed to do maybe the fbi gets involved at, at a certain extent but the cia doesn't look for missing people 
But as a mm-hmm. CIA operative, that's he was the first step, and then he would disperse it to either give a reason or to disperse it to whatever uh, agency that needed to go to. If it was a real person that not a real person, if it was a person that really went missing, that could not be accounted for. I wonder if they told him why. I mean, that is weird. I mean, you're just going to make sure every missing person is a missing person. (laughs) It just just sounds weird. Exactly. And, you know, at the time when I was talking with him, it wasn't for a movie. We were doing a photo shoot. So, my mind is already racing like, oh my God, this guy is cuckoo. You know, am I going to, I'm stuck in a cornfield and he's telling me all this information. I'm like, am I going to get out of the cornfield? It's seriously, um, he's looking around you know, and scared now. I don't know the guy. So, you know, what's going to happen. But uh, even like the astronaut, when he first mentioned him, he mentioned him that he knew the astronaut before we went into the, uh, before we got into that discussion. And of course the photo that he showed me, you know, that, they're like this. It looks like a meet and greet. Um, you know, I won't give it I, away, guys. Watch the video. This is not some astronaut. This is someone you know. Oh, yeah. This, this is, this is somebody famous. that everybody knows the name. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if, if that's my computer, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. oh no, you're good. <laughs> and this, okay. and this, this person, this astronaut, has not been quiet about mm-hmm. the UFOs and stuff. And, They've been active. And, you know, so we... <laughs> we come out of the cornfield, we get back in his house and, you know, he's, he's already put the scare in me a little bit. And, um, but we start going through some more photos for this photo shoot, as far as if there's anything I wanted to hold up or like, you know, a mosaic on the table of different things. And he pulls out a flight patch and the flight, you know, yeah, you can go to NASA and buy flight patches, but no, this, this was one you could tell was worn. It still had the stitches in it that had been pulled out. It, it, you know, it wasn't something that was solid and flat where it was on a shelf. Uh, it, it was something that was worn. So I saw that. And then, uh, and he tells me that, yeah, that's the flight patch when he went up last time on the shuttle. And then, uh, then he's going through some more photos and I see one that he kind of tosses to the side. I said, oh, let me see that one. And there's the astronaut that he said he was good friends with this on the back deck of the, uh, of the house that I'm at at a birthday party. So yeah, they oh. were close. It wasn't a meet and greet acquaintance type thing. They were close people. They knew uh, each other, yeah. And then he had also told me that now if you look back, if you remember back, you know, it was two years ago, this was June, July when this was happening, uh, when I was at this guy's place. And I could pull the photo up, I guess. Do you figure and, that guy was get, CIA at the time of the photo? Not, at, he was retired at that point. Oh. Mm. And uh, and look, he didn't even have a cell phone. He had a landline only. Smart. It, it was it was kind of unique. Um, but he, uh, it, he he bought the farm. He was in a kind of rural area. There's like a small town that's maybe seven eight miles away. When I say small town, I'm talking like ten thousand or less people. You know, it's got a couple of gas stations, a drugstore, that type of thing. I think it may have had one McDonald's, and that was like the only restaurant. Um. Uh, but he bought it, it was a little over 150 acres and the cornfield surrounded his house. So yes, he had neighbors, but they were, you know, half a mile, three quarters of a mile down the road. Mm. Uh, he was, he had made himself as much off grid while still being on grid as possible. Um, and he lived a very simple life. I mean, his house was 16, 1800 square foot brick ranch. Um, you know, it, it wasn't anything special, but I'm telling you his, his wife didn't, look at him like he was crazy when he was talking with me 
Um, but he, the thing is, this is that June or July time frame, late June, early July, and he mentioned that um, for me to be on the lookout that the Pentagon was going to be releasing some information about UFOs, and they're going to tell everybody that the UFOs are real. This was like the week before that Friday that they came out and we had that first thing where they started talking about the Tic Tac UFO. I remember the they day. said, yeah, that there's some, you know, the, the Pentagon admitted that, yeah, UFOs, we, we're not, we didn't know what they are is basically what, you, what they said at that time. And then over the past two years, they've gone from, we don't know what they are to they're otherworldly, to they're not man-made, to they're doing things that we have no idea how the physics work you know, that type thing. And now we're, you know, starting our own, uh, our own agency that looks back into just UFOs. And what's interesting about this now, remember when we had project blue book, project blue book was to get the information and then tell everybody they were wrong. Uh, I don't, you're, um, I remember that you're probably a little younger than me, I think. Uh, Um, but I remember, I think I was maybe 10, 12 years old and they had released uh, project blue book in a, it was heavily redacted, but it was, it was an unclassified uh, document at that time. And they released it in a little paperback book. And uh, we went to, I live in Eastern North Carolina and we would go to Raleigh for school shopping. And, uh, we went to the bookstore there and I talked my parents in to get me the project blue book. And I, man, I read every one of those and oh. it, it just crazy about the information that you would find in there. But B- project blue book was to tell people that, yeah, there's no such thing. What we've got now, I think they're actually trying to look into it. Um, the thing is we're catching everything from the U S side and I, I would really love to hear but you'll, you'll never hear anything from, say, Russia or China because their their state media is going to keep that anything quiet. They're not going to release any information. And, you know, frankly, the U.S., if we if we did hold UFOs or hold flying saucers like Bob Lazar says we've got, for instance, we would be crazy to say where they are. Because if you were a Russia or a China or a hostile uh, neighbor, so to speak, you would know where to bomb to get rid of that technology you know, to keep us away from it. They, they can't figure that out. That that needs to be ours. You know, start thinking back to the Hitler, Germany, Nazi days. You know, they were always looking into some of the stuff that was a little occultish as well as military. So I, I think you don't want to give out too much information. And I don't think the United States is going to give out everything they know. But that's also why I believe they probably do know about abductions and that if there are, other, we may not even have living aliens. These could be robotic sentience. You know, we, we don't know because um, mm-hmm. we just don't have proof. We haven't, you know, the public hasn't got the proof of it yet. The government may very well, but um, I'm sure that they know something is, is going on as far as the abduction side of it. In fact, uh, you mentioned World War II and the Nazis. They had a very strong interest and it said that they not only developed uh anti-gravity but they tested several things and they were in contact with certain entities that were guiding them right and that's the uh <laughs> and that's it, when you start to sound crazy blow your mind. now i sound crazy <laughs> <laughs> and mark is so quiet <laughs> no no you get this is great 
hearing this. He actually is not very quiet, but he knows that this is my thing. And he goes, you know, I'm not really into this. So I'm going to listen to you. No, I'm about. into it. No, no, Trust yeah, me, no, no. He knows I'm that. I'm thrilled. I, see, me and my friend, we drove our asses out to the desert with high power binoculars. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? And what's that? And what's that? So you get to understand you know, a lot of you, you bring someone new out there. They're like, there's a UFO right there. I'm like, it's a star. It's moving. No, you're staring at it too long. And you have to understand you're, it'll start to waver because you're staring at it. You need a point of reference. You have to understand that exactly. there's aviation rules. They have flashing lights. They're, they have to have flashing lights. Okay. Then you see what a, what a satellite is going to do. It's going to be moving very, very slowly on a very even trajectory. And then you start eliminating things and you see something and you're looking at that thing and i'm saying well it's too high for me to see without the binoculars so probably not a helicopter and maybe not a plane either because there's nothing flashing and what it's doing is snaking around doing loops and stuff up there so i cannot figure now you're in ufo territory right well look i'm about to head out west on saturday mm -hmm. and uh i've i've got a big job that's gonna carry me all the way through there and i'll be down in uh around the middle of the month i'll be down toward prescott arizona area um i guarantee you we could go out there in those dark skies and i'll put this camera that's on me right now and put it on the skies. i guarantee you it wouldn't take an hour and we'll see something flying no doubt about it i was and out of just, the city range but on the desert floor you get up into that elevation let me tell you something i spent many 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 nights in northern arizona it's the most beautiful starriest thing and if you put a pair of binoculars up to there you're right it's going to be not long before you're like well there's something i have no idea well we back you know i say I've, about like the ufo thing back in 2000 i want to say at seven i did a mountain lion hunt um in northern arizona in the high desert there and where we stayed it was a 10-day hunt and it was by horseback but where cool. we stayed we had like a little camper uh that my dad and i stayed in and then our hunting guide and his brother had a, a small trailer well we would eat elk burgers or elk steak or you know whatever we, we always ate elk but we'd eat elk at night by the campfire and when you have those dark skies you don't have the city light pollution and you can look up there and well we saw something and you know i'm staring at it i'm like what you know that's not a plane and the the guy's brother said no it's probably a satellite and about time he said that it takes a near 90 degree angle i mean it had a little bit of curvature to it mm. but it was near 90 and you go well that's not a satellite mm -mm. <laughs> but uh -uh. you know so so we brush it off it it has to be a high altitude plane or something and just you know don't see the blinking lights but it does it it just makes you wonder because i did a i've done several night sky surveys where i would put the camera out and i would do it two ways one is i would do a time lapse so then if you had something traveling you would have like a long line Mm. And you could see if the line curved or, you know, something like that. Oh. But then I would also do like real-time video where I could just look at it and just see if something moves against the star field. And I mean, there's just not a night that goes by that if I have a dark sky that I can't put it up there and catch something uh, in, in, in the movie incredulous, we, uh, I was, <laughs> I was coming back from doing interviews and the, uh, I stopped in Roswell and I, I was maybe, I was about seven miles, eight miles east of Roswell. 
Uh, there was a little rest area that I pulled into and I, I got the camera out. So I'm going to look in the sky for about an hour. Or so we're supposed to have a, it wasn't a full moon, but we were going to have a bright moon that night. So I knew it wouldn't have very long, maybe past 10 o'clock. The moon would, you know, be too bright for everything anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, I caught 20, 30 objects in the sky. None of them were planes. They were either satellites or something else. Have you ever seen the videos where they use uh, infrared, like green? Yeah. And, and <laughs> oh my God, there's stuff going all over in every direction. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I would love to do something with Josh Gates sometime. I don't know if if you've uh, if you've watched any of his stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, he mainly on like Discovery Channel, I think, or something like that. But they use some different things like that. Anyway, the, one of my interviews down in Florida, uh, they were, I want to say they were on the East coast of Florida. If I remember right, is what he was telling me. And they had some night vision uh, goggles or night vision binoculars. And he said, you know, everybody had cameras and, you know, they had just regular binoculars looking and they would pass the night vision stuff around. Well, when he got it, as soon as he put it up to his face, he was like, Oh my God! Do y'all see that? And everybody's like, "See what?" I said it's right there. Yeah. They gave him a laser pointer, and when he did the oh, laser and it pointer, flashed pointed back at, at him. Yeah. What they thought was just you know sky. All of a yeah. sudden, you could see the glow when it hit it, oh, where it was reflecting off. Oh. And so you know, other people started grabbing the goggles, and I've got um, I just got back from doing a TV pilot in Tampa, Florida, mm -hmm. and on the way back, he said he had some documents for me that he couldn't find when I first interviewed him. And uh, mm. so I stopped by his house and picked those up and he's got the drawing of how it come. He said it was really, you know, he couldn't think of the word night vision. And he, he was mm. saying like, is it infrared? And I didn't <laughs> finally say, you about like night vision where it's green. He said, exactly. It was just this big green object in the sky. And it was huge. He said, but oh if you gosh. looked at it with your bare eyes, you saw stars and stuff. When you put those up to it, you didn't see the stars. You saw it. And it flew right over top of us. And I mean, just again, you know, it's easy to count somebody off and go, they're crazy, you know, that type of stuff. But you can tell he was telling the truth. You could see like his blood pressure build up from it. I mean, there was genuine excitement and anxiety in what he was telling me. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it, but I, I've got the documentation of, where it came in and he he's got some drawings of it uh and where it went in inland uh it went over uh one of the local cities there he said and it hovered there for a little while and then it left and he said everybody was just you know they didn't they didn't see it and all of a sudden once they got it on the goggles and everybody was passing goggles around everybody saw it you know oh my goodness <laughs> And, you know, the one I saw, they were actually using a laser and it started flashing back at them the same number of flashes. What about, have you ever talked to any other researchers? You know, Dr. Greer, he's made a pretty good living. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked about him too. I think he's out of Charlotte. Um, what do you think about him and his work? I, I see them meditate. You know, I see amber <laughs> lights appear on the horizon. Yeah. I don't know, Sometimes. you know. Sometimes... I, and I don't know how much y'all stalked my Facebook post recently, but I made a post the other night that some people, I, I've reached out to, to several of the well-known, I'm not going to say ufologists, but people that are researching it. And some of them, 
and I'm, I won't mention any names. Some of them, they feel like this is their avenue mm. to become famous, become wealthy, become the, the wanted product, project, product, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, my goal is more of let's just get the truth out there. Um, then, for instance, Encounters, we're going to have that on a streaming service. But the streaming service is free to subscribe and Encounters is going to be free to watch. I'm not trying to pull in any money off of it. I haven't done, done any crowdfunding for anything like that. I'm just trying to get the word out. I, I'm lucky enough I get to travel throughout the U.S. and what I do. So I can set up these interviews and, and get them done while I'm doing my other stuff. Cool, so, brother. That's yeah, a, I think this some is important of them, stuff. Yeah, yeah, some of them, some people are fake. And then the, I, there's others that are genuine. Mm. Uh, even with one of the interviews I had, he was talking about how he had gone to a uh, UFO convention and Travis Walton was there. And he fire in the sky. Yeah, he loves Travis Walton. Talk Absolutely about Northern it. Arizona, yeah. Yep. But he said uh, the the weird thing is you have what is called space gypsies. He said these are the the ones that look like they're cosplaying and they're saying they're from Sirius or they're from Andromeda, you know that type thing. Uh, they're saying that they are aliens. They're saying that not that there are, but they are. Mm -hmm. um, you know where they're capitalizing on the movement and on people's fear and excitement um but then you've got those that i haven't i have not interviewed anybody yet that i didn't believe what they were telling me that they didn't believe mm -hmm. in other words i if we put them on a lie detector i'm 100 percent sure they would pass because they honestly believe what they're telling me and Again, we know, or, or the way I feel, everything they say may not be the truth, but none of what they're saying is lies mm. because they can be, it's that, you know, again, that couple thing where once you get that, get caught cheating the first time, then every phone call from there on out is possibly somebody you're cheating with. It, the, the government's able to play that mentality. I mean, we're human, so that's what our brains do. Um, but yeah, Greer, he's got some amazing information. Um, he did do that disclosure project, which was cool. Yeah. He organized that and brought all those people in. And you can't really, you watch all those people and you can't say there's not something. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then, you know, even uh, like we mentioned the other night, Whitley Stryber and Zachariah Stitchin. And I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that, you know, a reasonable person can kind of make sense out of it. Um, and I've, I've also mentioned in the movie that I'm, I'm, I don't know how y'all are. I, I am religious. I'm Christian. I don't necessarily go to church every Sunday, but even as a Christian, I'm not taught that there's nothing else but us. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, Genesis has, you know, the fallen angels and the giants and stuff like that. So we, we believe there's something out there. I mean, you know, God is something else that's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a whole other mystery, have... the giants of the Bible. That's just, you know, <laughs> it's the UFO thing will lead you to these things. I yeah. didn't know. I mean, the first thing that the UFO amazed me was it, it went back into our history so far. I'm like, wait, what? 
This has been around for this long. Hmm. In fact, it's been, it goes into pre-recorded history. I'm like, oh my goodness. So they've been here maybe the whole time. And when we're going back to, you know, the Sumerians and stuff, you know, kind of a side note, I read something today. Um, did you know that Stonehenge was uh, was private property like less than 100 years ago? Wow. Who owned it? It was falling apart and they auctioned the land off and a guy won it for 6,600 bucks. And then he donated it to the government to protect. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you own Stonehenge for a short time. You just donated away. Wow. And then um, I also read earlier today that there's a lake that's, I want to say it's in Japan, if I remember right, but there's a lake that's started drying up, kind of like what's going on in Nevada and California. And uh, there's what's called the Japanese Stonehenge that they found at the bottom of the lake. You have the, the pillars and the column. You yeah, know, the, that's right. I forgot I heard about that. So that's that kind of interesting as well so uh but yeah you know you can get into the ancient alien thing um i guess i guess stitching kind of did that with the sumerians brought that to the forefront to, you know mostly um you can see that in the movie the fourth kind they talk about that and yeah. that's a scary film see you know i'd love to talk to travis walton for this reason you, you hear these stories first i saw a fire in the sky and they they treated him pretty harsh. In fact, I found Arnie's description of the alien really shockingly like they depicted in Fire in the Sky. I mean, literally. And the treatment of Travis also, what Arnie was talking about, seemed more uh, tantamount what really happened because you hear Travis later kind of tell a more softer story. I would really like to see if he was treated honestly well or not because right. in the story he was not and arnie said they literally just dump you cold and naked and that's how they did it in and, the movie and, and star yeah they they test you then they experiment on you even the physical um, description of the alien arnie yeah. gave was so right on with fire in the sky i'm like man maybe there was something more to that than than just you know hollywood stepping in and going we're going to rewrite this to make it scary and, you know, the, the way it was, it's been described to me by even some of these past interviews for Encounters, you know, we keep seeing this, this, the, the face with no expressions, the big bulbous eyes that are blackened, uh, the really small slit mouth, you know, perfectly smooth skin or, or type of flesh, right? Well, they're explaining to me that, you know, that's not entirely correct, that they do have bigger eyes, but their eyes are more like ours. But the, the sockets are what's actually black. So far away, it would look like they have these big eyes. Oh. But closer, you, you can see that it's just the socket and it's actually kind of scaly in there. Mm. And he said they, you know, up close, they do have expressions. They're not emotionless. They, they have expressions in their face and in, you know, the, the muscle tone, I guess, in their, their face will contort to how we do smiles or anger or, you know, fear, that type thing that they yeah. have some type of movement in their face. Uh, so that, I, that was one thing I found interesting uh, with the incredulous. And the, uh, one of the other things, uh, 
it, you know, it's been reported that you can find UFOs near nuclear sites easier than you can just random looking up in the sky. And in fact, I've got a lady, uh, she has emailed me five, six, seven times, I guess, where she's been out in the past few weeks and she'll, she's got her camera up in the sky. She lives near a, a nuclear facility. And uh, on my way back on this next trip, I'm going to stop by and see her. And we're going to put the cameras up and see what we can capture. But nice. That, that she's seen them every night. And, you know, it again, it's, it's tough to tell because we don't have a lot of foreground to see the movement in the camera, mm -hmm. that type thing. So you try to see if you can find a star in the background and see if it stays steady while the yes. light's moving. Uh, but she's got a lot of this the stuff that she sent me and, and I'm going to try to put these, these cameras that I know what they can do and I know how to use them and see if I can capture something with them, but it, it's near a nuclear facility. But anyway, the, where I was headed with this is we know that UFOs around nuclear facilities are more commonly seen. Mm. Uh, they straight shut them off. The, 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 some of the information I'm getting from the interviewees is it's not that they're trying to protect us from nuclear power. They're not trying to teach us nuclear power or any of that. It's, it's possibly, and this is only me trying to deduce everything. Okay. The aliens may come from a world that maybe doesn't have the atmosphere. We do, you know, doesn't have the mm, magnetism yeah. to keep out the radiation. So they're, they actually need the radiation like a plant needs the sun for, to make chloroform or, or you know, make the chlorophyll, uh, not chloroform, but make the chlorophyll. Uh, the, uh, in other words, they use the radiation to survive like we use oxygen to survive. So that's why they are found near volcanoes where radioactivity is higher or near nuclear plants where radioactivity is higher. Volcanoes have radioactivity? You, you can get radiation from the, the heat and the lava and that type oh. stuff. Yeah. Wow. So that that's a possibility, you yeah. know, that, I mean, if that's why they're con you know, if the aliens are congregating near those areas because they need the radiation to live. You know what uh, else they like? I think lightning. Do, oh yeah, exactly. And it's saying the, again, think about like the, the different, uh, that's radiation for sure. The, the the volcanoes and stuff, you see a lot of lightning there because of this the static electricity in the air from the magma flowing and that type of stuff. So it's uh it's, it's really interesting. You just wish you you know you, you constantly want okay, look, I just need a little bit more. I need one more bit of proof, you know. And then you have you have the next person and their stories are kind of similar, and like, yeah, but I still need that one more. <laughs> <laughs> it is so elusive no one can really yep. catch that dragon it's a yeah. deep rabbit hole <laughs> <sighs> oh man do you think the government would go so far as to fake something like that to gain control of the public i hear talk like that has anybody ever suggested something like that i think the government will fake something like that to throw us off oh that's a good point if we're on the right pattern i I, I do you know i think there's something that's going on but think? they could they could easily try to throw the public off with something completely on a tangent from it and really you know screw with our brains. 
but I mean, let's face it when, since the government's come out with this, I mean, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, if some, if the government would have come out and said that there was UFOs, you'd have, you know, the mm -hmm. Vatican would have been on fire. Seriously. Uh, you guys, just... I do remember one other time where they came out and it was an updated weather balloon report that they actually released in the end. It was in the nineties and here it comes. And we thought, okay, X-Files is on, Dark Skies. You ever see a show called Dark Skies? Yeah. Where they just literally, it takes place in the 1960s in the blackout, the Kennedy assassination. Everything was UFO involved. It was a great show. But anyway, you know, um, I don't know. It, it, it's, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, you know, and I'll, I'll mention this too about the government. Could the government be throwing us off completely saying, hey, let's bring up UFOs and aliens and see if we can get people to worry about that so that we can do whatever we're doing politically and not have to worry about it. Because when you said that, I thought, you know what? They're going to go right to Tucker Carlson. They're going to put it on there and they're going to say, hey, we're, we're looking at this. Here's what they're throwing us off. Maybe they have a big problem. But they don't want us to know that they're taking our people probably. And they don't want us to know that. But what they're saying is, okay, we're looking into this thing. So everybody be calm. What do you think of that? It, it, very much so. And, you know, that, that's one of the taboo things. Uh, with If you go onto these Reddit sites or whatever, that's one thing they don't mention is it, it, first time somebody says, well, the government knows somebody's getting abducted, they shut you up. And, yeah, no, oh, we're going to brush that one off. You might want to stay quiet on that. Um I have had one of the people I've interviewed say that um, he knows someone that used to work with the government that it didn't have an official position, but his position was to off people. And, oh, you know, so, I, you know, that whenever I have somebody I'm interviewing say somebody to me, okay, then why are you telling me? Yeah. Well, this, this one particularly said, man, I'm 75 years old. You think I care if they come kill me tomorrow or not? said i might not live to tomorrow yeah. if they don't come kill me so yeah. you know let's get it out there and i said okay so do i need to worry about it and he said possibly but if you get enough information out there they won't do anything to you they'll mm. just try to make you look like you're crazy or that you're trying a... to make money or that you know you're just trying to do it for the fame and, and yeah so I'm, I'm sure that happens i mean well, Bob Lazar said the same thing happened to him. You know, they try to shut him up by uh, having the IRS audit him every other year. Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's worse than alien contact. Um, so, guess, guess what? Guess what you got to look oh, yes. for it after uh, for your 2022 taxes there, Brian? <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, gosh, what was I going to say? I was just going to say something. Um, I lost my train of thought. Mark, what are you thinking? What do you think about all this? No, I, I'm with you guys 100%. It makes total sense, you know? And when you look at all this stuff that's coming out and look at it in movies too, you know, there's so much content on aliens or Stargate and all this. So what I was going to say was that last guy in Insidious was, he was like, he said something to me that really made a lot of sense. He, he kind of talked about the radiation and his theories about that, you know, and, and, but he basically said, they don't know. They don't know what to do. They don't know what the hell to do. And that's probably the biggest part of it. But if they did have some kind of contact, they must've told us to sit still and shut up or else. 
you know. And, you know, again, we, we can go political with this uh, just from, you know, the, the, the RS stuff back when uh, the, the term Patriot first, you know, started becoming popular, you know, the RS would shut down any group that was uh, that had Patriot in the name and not allow mm-hmm. them to be a nonprofit, for instance. And then, mm-hmm. then you've got the stuff that, uh, oh, man. you know, the yeah. Democrats are saying the Republicans did one thing, Republicans saying the Democrats did one thing and everybody's against the FBI all of a sudden. Um, the, they, yeah, they don't know what to do. But the, the one key thing I got out of that, that, that very first talk in Incredulous was, or is actually the second interview in Incredulous, he said that President Carter wanted to know about it. He found out about it, and he got the documentation. Mm-hmm. And Carter, by all means, was, a, was and is a good man. Nobody can debate the fact whether he's a good human or not. Yeah, you can politically, you can say what you want to about him, but as far as a human, he's he's a kind-hearted man. And when he read the documents on the aliens, he immediately said, I'm shutting it down. I don't care what you say is over. And they said, you don't want to do that. Well, they said there were seven scientists that were killed after that program had been shut down. And I tried to dig into it, and I couldn't find, I found sections of scientists that died within a month or two period mm-hmm. but i didn't find it with carter mm-hmm. so i don't know if he changed the name on me or not you know changed the president to protect oh, himself I, i'm not okay. sure but mm-hmm. i did find a group uh e- even during the uh when we were doing the manhattan project we had uh what it was like uh five that died and six others that were in the same room they survived but they had heavy radiation sickness but if you know at the time they didn't know anything about radiation sickness mm-hmm. so you know i don't know if if your stories start getting mixed up but again the main thing was he said when a, a, the presidents usually don't know congress doesn't know and the reason is they're considered temporary employees by the government because it's the lifers that are in the government. Those are the ones that are running these programs and that actually know. He said, you know, why are we going to give information to somebody that's going to be in office for four years and they can use whatever he wants to against us when he gets out? Hmm. And that makes sense. It's a temporary yeah, employee. Smart. I mean, that's what they are. They're, they're temporarily hired employees. Meanwhile, you do have the lifers that are in the FBI. And, and I guess that's what Trump would call the swamp or uh you know whatever we would say there but it that those are the ones that are running the government and and i think we're seeing that more and more today that we do have a faction of people that are running the government that are not elected officials <laughs> they literally <laughs> seem to be operating in the open now you know i heard trump ask by Lou Dobbs about that. And he said he did not know, but if he found out he would, he would share the information. But I heard George Bush Jr. Say, yeah, I know. I can't tell you anything. Yeah. So I think it might not just be the president's, the background and how secretive their lives are and stuff like that. And it, it doesn't make you wonder it, who's on that, uh, on this UFO committee. Is it Rubio? Is it Mark Rubio that's on there? I don't know. I, mean, I think you're right. I think it was. I would Rubio. love to know what maybe some of them know. That's a good point. You know, just 
they they know they can't say it out in public. They can't say it on the Senate floor, on the House floor. But if they know something, just a little bit extra. I, I mean, think can your you imagine, CIA guys. Can you are imagine more what John Glenn would know as both an astronaut and a senator? It's sad you know, that our astronauts have to fight to get attention to say things. Yeah. You know, Buzz Aldrin, man, he just goes on and on and on and on. And yeah, Aldrin does. I, I would love to interview him. I just can, I, I, you know, I don't see any filter on him. I just think he would blurt whatever out. Um, but the, who was it? I'll, I'll have to think of it in a second and I'll come back to it, but it, the debriefing, that's, that's where I'm trying to go with it. The debriefing they say is so strong that the, the operative I told you about that worked for the government, yeah. but didn't actually work for an agency with the government. Yeah. He said the debriefing when you finish something, he said, the way the guy explained it to me is he would know what his target is. And that's the only thing he would know. He wouldn't know why the target is the target. He would just know that's the target. And as soon as it's business is taken care of the debriefing and the, the mental strain that goes into him afterwards, he doesn't even know who the target, you know, he couldn't tell you who he may have killed last week, for instance. And wow. man, that you, if stuff like that is real, and it's totally about aliens and alien abductions that the government's trying to hide or cover up or trying to keep people that are getting too close to the real truth. I, and, I mean, if we have enough really crazy stuff out there, uh, whether you're talking about Alex Jones's type stuff or, uh, or even H aliens on history channel that we can make ourselves go on a tangent so far away from the real truth that the government, like, let them do it. Let them handle, you know, they'll handle their own stuff. But then when you get somebody that is actually on that line where they say they're too close, we got to, we need to put them down. That's a scary thought. Yeah. And, you know, the other real scary thought is say you've got somebody that, I mean, you can tell they're truthfully, they fully believe they were abducted. Which is scarier that they were abducted or that they weren't abducted, but they believe it. I mean, both are not good situations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously though, the scariest thing to me is the, the guy in, you know, the other countries, they tell the same story. You know, I always was fascinated by the thing in Nome, Alaska, you know, the FBI goes there 2000 times a year and you can't even get there unless you fly in. And exactly. uh, there's all those, you know, I, I urge everyone to, to watch the fourth kind. It's creepy though, but it just seems to be more along the line of the truth than close encounters where, you know, they're going to escort you into a big floating city and take you away to never die or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's so frightening. Are you a twilight zone fan at all? I was sure. Okay. Oh yeah. You remember the, you remember the one where, uh, the aliens made themselves known, take me to your leader. And they're bringing all the humans onto the spaceship. Meanwhile, you have like some people are trying to decipher the book that they had, the manual. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally figured out, they rushed, you know, she rushes up to the flying saucer while her, her uh, friend is boarding the flying saucer. She says, we figured out the name of the book is to serve man, 
but it's a cookbook. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? wow. uh, I don't remember that Twilight it, Zone. It, I think the same thing happened on The Simpsons once, though. <laughs> it probably did, but but it's it's one of the classic uh, classic Twilight Zone. It sounds familiar. Episodes. I think I might have seen it a while back. Well, one of one of the guys I interviewed, his hobby is like uh, he he's got like the old sixteen millimeter and eight millimeter reels of like the the big reels of the old monster movies and stuff yeah. like that. Well, he has that mask in his house, and first time I was like, oh my god, that brings back so many memories. Wow, <laughs> but he mask. he like draw he or he paints masks and makes masks of mm. you know, everything from the creature from the black lagoon to you know twilight zone episodes like uh the one william shatner when you had the gremlin on the wing oh gosh um, i don't know if you remember that one but it's a the, guy to, in a fuzzy to serve man suit. yeah it, i think it's either net i think netflix had it at one time had the old twilight zone stuff and uh but to serve man that's the episode you want to watch it, oh it's, wow i'll check it out tonight it, it, it gives you a twist kind of like uh you know like what you would see out of a M. Night Shyamalan or a Jordan Peele type movie. So, wow, that's great. Yeah, just don't go wandering in. I mean, uh, I mean, think of the <laughs> message they decided when they're writing this. Okay, well, this is going to be seem uh, all real nice until the very end, everybody. So, you know, they're here to serve us. <laughs> yep, they are. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny to me is like you can see UFOs in 2000 year old paintings of Jesus. Have you seen those? So like, uh, and I see like things in France where they show like spheres in the sky and stuff like that. Have you researched any of that ancient painting stuff? Yeah, it's, uh, and that goes into the ancient aliens type, you know, the, that theory. And, you know, again, go back to the Sumerians. Uh, the people don't understand that the ancient Sumerians literally had the, the solar system uh, put on on tablets so yeah. uh either they uh, someone had to guide them or help them or that's really exactly yeah um and it's uh now and that brings up another thing and i don't know if i'm gonna go and i would have to have a whole different set of interviews so i don't know if i'm gonna go into that at least on this series maybe in a future one but how does somebody some being if they're i mean if they're from a system that's even 50 light years away how do they make it here and survive and that's that's why i wonder are these beings synthetic and not organic mm -hmm. are they you know is it is it an ai type technology that's just in an organic type body so it doesn't die yeah um because you I know, mean, it, I just don't even warping like, space. It's theoretical yeah, it, when you're talking like the gravitational field, like Bob Lazar talks about on, you know, the way he described it. Even with that, it, it I don't, you know, especially physics right now does not make that work, mm -hmm. where you can go from here to here with nothing in between. Um, so again that that's just a whole new level of science you, you i mean i i can understand if they have something that could create a i can fathom it a little bit better let me say that i can't understand it but i can fathom a little bit better say there's a gravitational field that they're able to make a massive gravitational field 
but in a localized spot. So that's why it can transfer from air to water seamlessly and and move around. And now there was one interview Lazar did that I really liked. Uh, he was talking about how the pilots were seeing the the object kind of shake around and move around. Mm. He said nothing can move like that. You know, it doesn't make sense. But then Lazaro was saying it's not that the actual object was doing that. It's that the field around it makes us see the things around it moving like that. And it's, mm. it's probably just nice and steady on the inside. And, you know, that makes sense. What we're seeing visually is this, they're waves, you know, light is waves. So the waves are distorted in the way they hit us. Just like if you were to have a, uh, uh, something in front of you with like five slits in it and you put a light there and you don't get five slits, you get, you know, 20 slits on the other side where the light comes through that type thing. So. What about anti-gravity? Has anyone said that they've witnessed anti-gravity or that it does exist? You know, there's guys like, have you ever heard of a guy named John Hutchison? He did things with like, when there was a big oil spill in the Gulf, he used um like, what was it? Frequency things, machines. It's, it's that literally, frequency. Yeah. And, and I've seen him release videos where things just went whoop, like bowling balls went up because he shot like an anti-gravity beam and it just threw it up in the air. Exactly. And, 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 okay. And that brings up something. Is that anti-gravity or is that just a different type of propulsion? Yeah, mm. true. And that, and I think that goes into what I've been able to study with Lazard, the way he's explained things. It's not element 115 is, you know, what he called it. It doesn't create right. anti-gravity. It creates another gravity. Mm -hmm. So it's able to separate itself like that. Um, but you know, again, like the, the travel thing, I don't know that we could have true, I mean, even if we had it theoretically, I don't know we could have true time travel. Just, you know, where I'm at right now and where I was uh, when we started this an hour ago, mm. the earth travels 10,000 miles per hour in space. <laughs> I'm not going to show up in the same spot. That's a good spot. How do you, oh, you know, man, how do you coordinate that. something to say, I want to be in this spot on this planet, even though the planet may move. And then you start dealing with, you know, hundreds or thousands of years where, you know, you've got the galaxies turning, the solar systems turning, you know, the whole, uh, the whole galaxy's moving. And, you know, I, that's with space being infinite, that's a hard thing. It's not like we can give it GPS coordinates because there's nothing to base those coordinates off of because everything moves and everything's separating itself. I can understand uh, traveling fast enough to speed time up, but going backwards? Yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, and, see, and that's agree. one of the things that people want are, are aliens, time travelers from the future. And that's just, that's where we get into uh, kind of like what they thought, talked about in the Marvel movies with Thor, you know, that, that uh, space magic type stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, Michael something. Crichton wrote Jurassic Park, but he also wrote a movie called Sphere, where they find a plane at the bottom of the ocean from the future, and it's got an American flag on it, and then they yeah. go in and find the sphere. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. And but, that reminds me, one of the, as far as a movie that I went into, and, and there's really been two movies that had my heart racing mm. when I left the theater, and it was the first time I saw Hellraiser. Oh yeah, that, that that's back when early <laughs> 90s, late that. 80s, something like no, that. No, not at all. Yeah. 
uh, that one got me. And then uh, Event Horizon, what, for whatever reason, that movie, I was so stressed out when I left the theater. <laughs> mm. I... But Event Horizon reminds me of Spheres, while I was mentioning that. But that, that was a really good, interesting I remember that really well. And that was probably probably the most terrifying sci-fi thing I've ever seen. Yep. And uh, yeah, uh, talking about moving through dimensions, dimensional jump. Does anybody ever say dimension when they're being yes. interviewed? Mm. Yes. Um, How do they do that? What are they the, talking about? This, uh, this one that I've done, he, he explicitly talks about dimensional travel more than anything, hmm. uh, more than actual beings, you know, that you're able to touch. Um, and it, it really gets kind of crazy and it, it, out there. It, it's hard to fathom, but. Is it physical or non-physical? His is more non-physical. It, it's, uh, it's, it's more spiritual mm -hmm. i guess it, you know uh I, i'm assuming you saw black panther i actually didn't get a chance to see that you, you need to you need to watch anyway black panther part of it's where uh where t'challa goes to the spirit realm and he's talking to his father it, it, it it's a more spiritual thing is the way i explain it now one of my other interviews he him and his, his second wife were in the kitchen. They had come in from work. They were uh, cooking together. Uh, she was cooking, and he said he was kind of just like moving plates and stuff around, right? And he said, and they heard like a pop. And, uh, you know, they turned around, and they are in the living room. The, the way the kitchen was, you have a uh, – make sure you can see this on the camera. You have the countertop, and then it's got the opening with the cabinets up above it. And, you know, it's almost like a little bar there. All right, so they're looking through that hole across the bar and he said it's a square doorway but the doorway is it looks like it's got gold bubbles all over it mm. as far as the frame he said that was the best way to explain the the texture or the feel of it just looked like gold bubbles and he said somebody took two steps into the living room one one or two steps into the living room and turned and looked at them and when they did that he ran around his wife and around the bar to get into the living room. As he got into the living room, the person stepped back in and the portal closed. Oh and my goodness. Him and his wife described the exact same thing, except for one detail. His wife said that the person had on like a business suit. Mm -hmm. Couldn't really get black. facial features, but it was a business suit. Meanwhile, he said what he saw was somebody in a military uniform. Oh, goodness. And he said, based on that, he believes it's one dimensional and that they can project whatever they want into your mind. Hmm. He said, but as soon as the person, it, it, it didn't last five seconds. He saw somebody, you know, he saw this bright light, a portal with gold bubbles around it. Somebody stepping in, he runs around the corner and then they back back into the portal and it closes. Well, the the next interesting thing about that is it was like three days later and he's driving home and he sees that his wife has been pulled over and so he you know pulls over there to the side and he worked for the city so he knew the police officers and he, he was like you know what's going on he said uh, the lady was uh lady was speeding and she she's talking some gibberish and 
He said, that's my wife. You mind if I talk to her? He said, man, if I knew it was your wife, I, I wouldn't have pulled her. I'm sorry. And I, I intend on trying to pull these records, by the way, because she got a ticket out of this. Um, but he said, you know, yeah, talk to her. That's fine. Well, they both go over there. The person that they saw step out of the portal, she had got home and he was at the top of their stairs this time. Mm. Oh, I so, just that, so she ran out and drove off and he said, she made us move. She was scared to be there anymore. And that's, that's kind of scary. And he yeah. believes that was government going through a dimensional portal. It was some type of governmental <sighs> official. Now he, he also, he has a scar on his foot um, where he had a tag pulled out of it. And that's the way he described it. It was a tag, um, maybe this, a little bit bigger than a BB about the size of a pearl. And that it was, uh, it was grayish and fleshy and it had veins and stuff in it, but it wasn't connected to his foot. It was just in his foot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he said once, once the, he was having, uh, some bone spurs or something on his other foot. And the doctor saw this growth on this foot and said, let me check that out. And when he pulled it out, first of all, he said it kept moving away from him, but he finally got it out. Literally, the thing was running away it, from like, the forceps. They would go in with the forceps uh, yeah, and it try moved. to grab it. and It, would, it was moving. It would move away. Oh. And he said, again, I'm going by what the man's telling me. You know, I don't have that documentation there. I do see, I do have pictures of the scar on his foot. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said the, the doctor's eyes just got big. He said, man, it's moving away. I can't get it. And so he had like the nurse come over. And, and anyway, he said ever since he's pulled that tag, he hasn't had any more ufo experiences he thinks wow. that was an implant yeah um he yeah. said you know it, it this is in the documentary be... everybody check it yeah. out you are gonna it, it's die. gonna be it, tell it, what it, happened to the doctor's lots office of stories, when he went back there. you know mm. uh but he said it's not a you know we think of an implant as being something metallic or you know uh, mechanical uh, electrical or something like that he said you know it's it's an organic type of thing and he said, I can only figure that that's what I was being tracked with. That's because he, he had had multiple experiences. He had, he woke up one night, you know, had you've heard of like the sleep paralysis mm. and he was, he was asleep and he, he woke up and there's six, what we would call grays around the bed. And he said, uh, they were all like three and a half, four foot tall. He said, and then there was one at the head of the bed standing beside him that was more or uh, maybe five, five and a half foot tall, about a mm. foot and a half taller than the other ones. And he said, you know, the the five didn't say anything. You didn't see much emotion in their face. Again, there's texture in their face, but it's not, a you don't see emotion there. But the main one, he said, you know, all he could do was sit there and move his eyes. He said, but it was communicating with him. And, uh, you know, asking him if he wanted to go with him. He was like, hell no, I don't want to go with you. Mm. And, uh and, you know, eventually they left and he, it was like three in the morning. Uh, we've got a, um, we've got a UFO report from about five miles from there where somebody else saw a UFO that same night at 315. That's great. So, you know, that's, that's Ooh. kind of strange. Sleep paralysis, uh, very <laughs> common, <laughs> yeah. highly reported thing. And I asked him like the the tall guy, and I'll get that. I asked him about the tall alien. Was it a different species, or how would you describe it? And he said, you know, kind of think of it like you have a 
the queen bee and the worker bees. He said it was the leader, the whatever. And then you had the the workers were the other ones that were there around him. He said you, you could tell that the tall one was the intelligent one, the leader, because one, it was communicating with him. And it kind of, even though they weren't moving, you could tell it was the one calling the shots of what was to be done. Um, as far as the reporting, that's through uh, MUFON, M-U-F-O-N. I oh, yeah. think it's, I'm going to turn, my head will be turned on screen. Yeah. But, um, MUFON, they've been doing that for know, what, oh, yeah, 20, it's, 30 it's years now. Forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's at MUFON.com. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It looks like somebody's trying to start a MUFON.org also. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but there's a, it's MUFON.com. Com, and not only do you can you do your reports there i didn't go off screen did i no no you're good okay okay there it is it, it disappeared on my monitor there i'm sorry um but not only can you report stuff there and i guess this is for people that have had alien either seen ufos even if you see like a uh a streaking meteor report it mm, uh because even that that stuff while it's not necessarily a flying saucer ufo it, it is does, something entering the atmosphere yeah it, it, mm. it collaborates that yeah we had a, a meteor that came in that type of thing true um, true but uh you can report there but you can also look the stuff up and you can look up by state by city by the year and all that type of stuff florida is one of the hot spots uh california is a hot spot arizona and colorado just yeah. north of uh the great sand dunes national park is a hot spot mm. in colorado and i I did do some night sky surveys there and uh, there was one I did there. You could tell the planes. I mean, planes are easy to spot when on time lapses, they, they take up long streaks and that type mm. of stuff. Uh, you, you can usually see like bright spots in the streak from where the lights are flashing satellites there. It's not as long, but it's, it's nice and steady meteors that are in, entering the atmosphere they're pointed at each end. Mm. So it'll be like oh. a, uh, it's almost like a toothpick look. And then, uh, and then there was one that I had where the, and I would put it into a, uh, a moving time-lapse and you can see the, the star field kind of doing like this. And there's this one thing, maybe like at four thirty, five o'clock on the screen that maybe moves an inch over what would have been a five hour period. Mm. but it's not moving with the star field it's moving separate well you don't really have static satellites like that mm. so it's it's not a plane mm. um so you know that, that's something i can't tell what it is i'll never be able to find out what it is so technically is it a u.s yes but eventually i might be able to find out something that does that uh out of roswell i had um on real video not on time lapses on straight video from the camera i have two objects that are going side by side and mm. uh well one in front of the other actually almost like this moving well typically you don't see satellites moving in pairs uh, plus satellites we saw we saw objects flying in in pairs like that in uh when we were out there with our binoculars yeah. we, we saw that more than once you'll see starlink where there's like a bunch of them um you know a bunch in a line well i saw these and typically satellites will move from west to east in the skyline well these were moving south to north so that was kind of strange and so i did some research on that i it's in the movie just as something to question but i, I firmly believe that those were probably tandem x satellites from what i can tell they'll do that orbital pattern 
and they do travel in tight pairs like that. One is like receives information, transfers it to the other to transmit out or something like that. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to be honest in what I see as well, but the thing is, it's just, you don't expect just to look up in the sky and you see two lights moving together and you yeah. know, they're not planes. And then they disappear when they get, you know, away from where the sun can actually hit them. Cause you know, they're in high orbit. If that happens, hmm. what it's about not the something NASA? that they're emitting light is that they're reflecting light. Yeah. Yeah. What about the NASA footage itself? Have you ever seen the footage where that long tether breaks away and it starts floating out into space and there's all this stuff. In fact, there's big flashing orb things that are big as a, a state. It, biggest Texas. And NASA's got a lot in it. There was something, this has been within the last week. Uh, it since been taken down. And because I, when I responded to it, I said, you next time you see this, start getting screenshots or screen recordings. Mm. But uh, the, I don't know how to explain it. Any, it's something that's up there near the space station and it, it you know you don't have planes there it, it wasn't a craft coming in to restock it or anything like that and it was just making all kinds of weird movements and uh they were saying you got to nasa hasn't caught this yet you got to look at this and you know sure enough within three hours they had taken it down you could no longer pull it up uh, i mean we, we had to link up on it I, obviously i'm in a bunch of these ufo groups trying to find people that will interview with me and and let, let me make that case real quick anybody that's listening to this if you have had an encounter of some sort i'm not talking about just seeing a light in the sky but actually have had an encounter and that's why you're watching this the more people that come out the the better we're going to be able to attack the stigma that you know we i want to hear the stories i want to be able to tell the stories i will hide your identity but I want you on camera. I'll just, I'll silhouette you out where you're, you're just a black body against a, a white background is fine, but I need that voice out there for, for others to know that you're not the only one and you're not crazy. Because it, there's just, I've, I've been contacted by too many people that, uh, yeah, again, there's some that are doing it because they can feel a part of the group, I guess, but, there there's people out there that are sincere that something has happened hmm. people are scared i mean <laughs> I literally like that the guy you were interviewed his his experiences were just so so terrifying um he must have been really relieved once that thing came out of his foot and it all stopped oh yeah and and you know i, I interviewed one other guy he he says he has two implants he's got one that's across here and then he's got one in his leg. And he said, that's from two different species. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, I, I, I don't have an x-ray machine to look into that. Uh, Do you believe in he like... believes it. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in like, um, maybe there's like breakaway societies. You know, I remember an old story about Admiral Byrd. And he took a fleet down into the south pole i it wasn't the north pole i think it was the south pole and supposedly these things came up out of water and get, basically kicked his fleet's ass and he went limping home with this story have you heard anything about that i i, I have i read about admiral bird a long time ago and um you know that that's the whole world underneath the world type thing and and that's kind of carried over into 
the whole hollow moon theory, you know, uh, the movie Moonfall was kind of about that. Um, and, you know, that you supposedly have a hum on the moon. Uh, then they and, set off a nuke and made it ring like a bell. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and, and all right, now maybe this is less about UFOs, but go on a slight tangent, just like we just shot the rocket into the um, asteroid. Yeah. Doesn't it make you wonder that, okay, what if the calculations actually showed the asteroid was going to hit us and this wasn't just a test thing? <laughs> you know, it was going to hit us in maybe 30 years or something. So, you know, think about that. that's not if, bad. If I was NASA, if I was the government, we're just testing. I think that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> After movies like Armageddon, that is what you should do. Yeah, you, you know, you, you don't make it right off the bat, but you know, then the thought is, okay, we just shot a, a rocket that we were hoping we were going to hit the asteroid. So we hit the asteroid, but maybe we didn't hit it exactly where we wanted to. And now we have the whole butterfly effect with several asteroids that are now hmm. going to spin closer to us or whatever. Hmm. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have to trust people. And I mean, even the greatest doctors sometimes have people down the operating table <laughs> good point but, really good very, point very good point what do you think about modern facilities like that go on like say i've heard that there's a big thing going on under like the denver airport oh yeah i was just there a few weeks ago and i was it, looking for anything you and know. they re had to remove all of this creepy end of the world art yeah oils coming out of suitcases uh nazi-esque looking soldiers with gas masks children yeah. on fire what do you think it, prompted all of that stuff? Man, you know, it would be so easy just to do nothing but uh, occult, paranormal, and conspiracy theory movies. <laughs> Listen to yeah, us. I could go point. on you know, for two it, more yeah. hours. There's so much material to talk about. Seriously. But yeah, the, the Denver airport uh, with the Underground Society, that's, uh, you know, that's interesting. Then, of course, you know, you find out about like the catacombs under Paris or under, you know, uh, some of the European cities that are like mm -hmm. that too, that they really are there. And they obviously yeah. didn't have the, the technology we got now. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. um, and, and have you heard the thing about Walmart? No. Oh, wait, no. that they have kind of like underground things connecting yes. all the stores for doomsday. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. Oh my gosh. I it's an about underground that. network from Jeez. all the Walmarts. Oh, and wow. They, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, think you know, it, it springs forward from things like uh, what mattress warehouse has got to be. You know, there there should be no reason you have a mattress warehouse on every you know more than you have McDonald's. But do we sell that many mattresses? Wow, it's got to be point. a drug front, you know, that type thing. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of I didn't yeah, even think yeah. about that. That is interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that you know, it's, you can get on Reddit and find whatever theory you want. To find. That's but true. Again, it, Reddit's you know, fun. Again, that that's what I'm saying about the government too. Is we can come up with so many of our own way off theories that the government will just let us do it. It's just every now and then you get somebody that's on the right track. And that's the ones that they're yeah. going to stop. A great movie was made about Roswell starring Kyle McLaughlin. And he played Mac, uh, uh, Jesse, oh God, what's his name? Uh, anyway, 
And he ended up talking to Martin Sheen, who it was like a government guy. And he was saying, well, you know, this stuff is just so crazy. We don't have to do anything because no one's going to believe you anyway. And so there's really no physical evidence to speak of. So, you know, you can just say whatever you want, you know, and I can tell you the truth now, but it's really not going to do you any good. I was trying to see if I could find the name of that movie real quick, but I, I couldn't. Um, but yeah, I remember that. And, and yeah, it, it, you know, that's the thing is, is that's what I've been warned about. They're going, if, if I get too close, they're going to either try to show that I'm doing it for fame, doing it for fortune. I'm crazy or everything's just fictional anyway. What do you think too close is? You think because you're getting super rich or because you actually found something that might. I don't think they care if you, in fact, if you make money, you're probably easier to write off mm. as far as, yeah, he, he's, he's just doing it for money. Mm. Um, I Good think point. it's more along the, especially along the lines of if the government's actually involved with abductees, if, mm. if, not just that they know uh, it's like the guy said in the, the movie, um, you know, what can we do about it? If, you know, the government wouldn't be able to do anything to the aliens anyway. True. Yeah. But if we find out that not only is the government know about it, but they're in, actually involved in assisting. It's something like that where you get enough facts in place. Yeah. I think, that may be the point where you either need to shut up or uh, get out. That that mm -hmm. might be the too close part. That's very profound. Maybe we should leave it there. You know, we've been going on for an hour and a half and I could do another hour and a half. I know, easily. Probably, I'm going to probably, but you know. I got an idea. Yeah. We what about once you. I finish encounters and we get some more interviews yeah. in a place that we'll, let's shoot another one up here. No, I, I was just exactly gonna say, where I was going to have you back. Yeah. I loved your first documentary. Can we see a, a, the clip of Encounters? Can we run that, that 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 thing you sent? Can we run any of yeah. that real quick? Really? Have y'all got that on there? Yeah. Uh, which we... one? We have the Dave Baker and the Marion. You, you, you want to run both? Yeah, Marianne yeah. Marcia. Can you give us you a little feed? Give us a little intro on that. Yeah, what are let's those? do the uh, Dave Baker one first. All right. Feel free All to right. talk while it's going, too. Dave Baker was a very interesting interview. It, he, it, both of them, like I said, if nothing else, they at least feel very sincere in what they're saying. I believe that they believe what they're telling me. Um, do I believe everything that they're telling me? I, I, I don't know, but I believe that they believe everything they're telling me. Yeah. Perception is a weird thing. Yeah. And there's so I mean, much it, going on that it has to be that some people are actually experiencing something really extraordinary yeah. now yeah a simple some people they get swept up in, a, in the whole thing just like the stargazers who are kind of new and they see the oh i see something well after a while you learn to recognize that you don't actually see something but and, um yeah and that's one thing I'm, I'm trying to it may be the ultimate question i'm trying to answer in encounters is why are people that have actually had one-on-one -on -one, you know up i don't want to say close encounters the third kind i'm talking physical contact yeah, yeah why do so many of those people have multiple encounters 
yeah. what makes them special are they being tracked so that they can keep being looked at oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so that, that's one of the interesting questions i've come up on the interview so far but mm -hmm. if you've got those clips you can roll uh, yeah i just did yeah, cool. i just realized i didn't do share screen though so <laughs> they're actually uh oh, it was rolling i don't know if you could hear it i'm sorry no no i completely forgot about it that's okay that's yeah. okay can we still put it up i can do an edit and we can edit it in uh Hold on, just one second. Okay, let's get over to that Marion Morris. And yeah, no, just one second. I can see you working on screen. Yeah. Yeah, just one second. We got it. We'll edit that out and we'll go right in when it starts. So this ship, um, it was shaped like a pyramid. The top portion and the bottom portion was identical, the same um, shape. Top portion was just so. It had a seam here. And the bottom portion was here, identical. So it's like a, it's like a double pyramid? Yes. Uh, four-sided pyramid, both top and bottom. Uh, it was blue. It had lights here on the edge, red lights, and it had a, some type of um, a skin to it where it was fish scales. So it has these scales okay. all over the ship, and it looks just like fish scales. And you said this came down to you while you were on the ship, like out at sea or? And, wow. And uh, Marion there, he's one that has interacted with six different species. He's the one that kept correcting me from reptilian to serpent. Oh. And he's, and he's the one that was talking about the, the fish species. Uh, he said the fish species are much more helpful mm. um I, I guess that would mean that they seem kinder or more uh more positive emotions yeah um but that particular uh craft that he saw he was with his daughter and uh and he said he saw a bright light in the distance and it kept, uh, I'm trying to check the camera, make sure I'm not ducking way off of it. <laughs> um, but it, it kept getting brighter and brighter and bigger and bigger. Mm. And he was like, holy crap, do you see this? And, you know, it came up like very, very close to him. Um, he does military contract work. Um, I'm not going to say which part of the military, but. Uh, what kind of work? What does he do? I don't know that mm. I need to disclose that either. Mm. Uh, it, computer type work. Okay. Okay. Uh, that that'll be the best way to do it. But he's also a he's also a liaison. Mm. If I can, I, I mean, he says it in the film. So, uh, and I haven't done cuts on it, and he said it on camera and said I could put it on camera. So. Uh, but yeah, he's, he said he's a li liaison in communications with, wow. uh, with, and that's why he's met six different species. Gosh, 
that's going to be great. I can't wait to see that. Is there anything else you can tell me and about this, encounters? Uh, I've got, I sent one of uh, Dave Baker. Yeah. Do you want to play that? Yeah, let's play the Dave Baker one. Okay. Since we're discussing this was more human, yeah. do you think, in, in your mind, do you believe that was alien or do you believe that was government? Time travel. Who know? I, I mean, yeah, no, we, we don't know what we're getting I, into. Well, I've always felt like it was uh, the government. And I, and I also feel that the government is involved in the other things too, especially when we talked about the de the uh, um, uh, guy taking the, the tag out and and disappearing. Yep. Now we we because uh, I don't know all of your story yet, but so we may get into it. Do you think the tag was able to be used by both the government and an alien species? Um, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Now, that particular clip, we're, we're talking about the tag that was in his foot. That's yeah. the organic tag I told you about the size of a pearl. Mm. And we were discussing that portal. Wow. And okay. about the person stepping through. Do you believe it was the government or, you know, an alien mm. stepping through whatever? And he, he said he believed it was the government. And then that brought me back to the tag about okay is the tag something that just aliens can follow you with or is the tag something that both the government and aliens can track you and mm -hmm. that's when he said it wouldn't surprise him that it does both that you know, both because also he went back to that doctor's office to find out what the lab report was, was three close. months later mm. and not only was the doctor gone the whole building yep. was empty the entire yeah. building was just and, like uh, a shell yeah you know that that's kind of interesting and you know you kind of want to look into that and try to find out if there's a podiatrist that yeah. went out of business oh yeah i know where it's at and that's some of the the vetting i'm gonna do i'm not trying and again i think the vetting is just so that I'm not trying to disprove him. I'm trying to affirm what he's saying, mm. but I'm if also trying to the truth. determine, you know, is the podiatrist a podiatrist or was he just a government official? Yeah. I mean, we don't, this, this story can go any way it wants to go. And that, so we're, you know, it, it's hard to look at some, it's like, uh, it is, it's kind of like in Incredulous when the uh, the nuclear scientist was talking. And he said that I'd asked him about aliens teaching us nuclear engineering, okay? How the atom works, how substructures beyond the atoms, such as when you get into the strings and quarks and all that. Uh, why wouldn't aliens have tried to teach us that in the beginning? And his, his comment was, well, you know, you don't start trying to teach complicated algebraic equations to somebody that's in first grade that's learning addition and subtraction. Mm. You got to start and work your way up. And um, 
even in religion, it's that same concept is there in that, okay, if you have a, a omnipotent, omnipresent God that knows everything, sees everything for all time, and we're a fledgling species of humans, you would say, why doesn't God show you know everything he can do at the very beginning? Well, we may not have been ready to accept a God like that, that we, we have to be taught, okay, somebody's above us and they make the sun go around us because we can't comprehend that we go around the sun yet. And then, you know, it works its way up as we become more intelligent and able to work on our own history uh, and our own past experiences. The science, actual science in, you know, we have ufology, but actual science into aliens, into uh, UFOs, into other planetary beings, I guess the best way to say it. We have no groundwork. Mm. At least the public has no groundwork. So, yeah, these tangents can go anywhere. Interdimensional, you know, we may have aliens that don't come from other star systems. They're just, they're here, but in different wavelengths or in this quantum field that we have, you know, it's, it can be anything. So you're really starting from scratch. You're starting with Isaac Newton getting hit by the apple on the head. Yeah. Uh, you know, all we're doing is just observing a couple of things when we have no concept of any of it. In fact, we're up until two years ago, we were told none of it was true. That's a fact. That's a fact. And now, like you're saying, we could be slightly out of phase with something and literally occupying the same space and we would never know it. I mean, it, it, it would be so easy to start. You know, if you were just trying to go on a theory of interdimensional, we could easily start going into, okay, well, you know, some people have seen ghosts. Right. Maybe our soul, you know, we, we, our soul is obviously something different than physicality. It's more than just chemicals that hit right in the brain. You know, to, you know, it, we know it's more than that. The soul is something special that we haven't been able to explain with science. We don't even know what creatures have souls. I mean, I think they've said there's only like five species of animals that have dreams. You know, it, it's, it's minute. Mm. Um, so when you get into the spirit chat, spirituality, however you say it, yeah. of things, aliens, ghosts, spirits, all of that could be in the same dimension type thing. And one of my interviews, uh, you know, I told you, he said that he was not, he's not religious any longer. He was when he was younger. He says, but what I can tell you is that we don't die. And why did he say that? Why do you say he can tell you that? Because that's what he has gathered from the contacts that he's made mm -hmm. and okay. the contacts being alien species. Now, my follow-up question to that was, okay, we don't die, but do we remember? You know, if, if that spiritually speaking um religiously speaking okay so my mother passed away a year and a half ago did she go straight to heaven in the the biblical sense or is she waiting until jesus comes 
is she aware? Even if she did go to heaven, is she aware of what I'm doing here on earth right now? Because she's not God. God can, but can my mother? Whereas my mother just up there, is she worried about me? Yeah. You know, those are the things that flow in my mind. So I asked him, I said, you know, okay, so we don't die. Or, or as far as our bodies die, but our spirits don't die. When my body dies, will I know what's going on with my body? Will I know what's going on with family, friends, loved ones? Um, will, will I even remember it? Will I just all of a sudden be in a different phase where, yeah, my spirit may still be living, but I just have no recollection of being a human ever. And he said that he couldn't tell me, but that that's a scary thought. It is. Mm -hmm. You know, it, that's the whole existential process. You know, it it's almost scarier knowing that if you did live, quote, forever uh, spiritually, but each phase you had no recollection of anything prior. That that's a that's something that's not very comforting. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Did I go it's on the wrong so, tangent with that? No, no, I, I not at all. Say, I'm glad. I was just going to say, actually, the UFO subject, like I said before, it brought me to so many other things: the the the, the men in black, the secret government, breakaway societies, um, spirituality, um, uh, dimensional shifts, dimensional jumps. You know, the fact that there are multiple dimensions. Is there a fourth dimension? A fifth? Are there millions? Well, I think there's eleven dimensions of what they've counted so uh, far. Gosh. Once you get into like string theory and, and that type of stuff. So, yeah. And the great thing is about the UFO thing, there's so much to unpack here that uh, we're just going to be going on and on and on for the rest of our lives. Almost, exactly. you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so exactly. you need to keep coming back on our show, Bill, for the rest yes, of our sir. lives and keep us updated. And every time something new comes and, and however we can be involved, I volunteer. Sure. We would I love totally to. volunteer. Oh, yeah and um yeah and th uh, this should be a good trip that i'm going on uh so the next few weeks in october uh i'll be going from north carolina all the way over to montana down to arizona and wow. back, back through texas and back to north carolina um i'm gonna do a lot of night sky, night sky surveys yeah. on my stops and i've got dark skies out that way i, I was mm -hmm. uh, the last trip i was near um skinwalker ranch but i didn't catch Ooh. anything there I would Legendary. love to have, but I didn't. Legendary. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you like should said, keep I did, us. I did catch the two. I, I catch several things not far from Roswell, mm -hmm. but there's oh. a military base near Roswell. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. I, I want to follow this whole thing. I want to follow your whole journey. I want frequent updates. We'll give out I updates. I will post the crap out of it on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, We'll, I would love to talk with y'all when we get done uh, with this and uh, maybe we can bring some more insight into things. And again, if any of the viewers, uh, any of the listeners have experienced anything, you know, no, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Jeremy Corbell. I'm, uh, I'm not Greer, but uh, I'll be happy to talk to you and let's see if we can make some sense out of everything and, and bring some coherence to it. And where do they get a hold of you or where do you want them to? Um. They can kind of, if you're on Facebook, my name is Bill Howard on Facebook. Maybe okay, that your page. In it. Sure, uh, sounds good. And then, uh, but you can, uh, Worley Gig Pictures, W-H-I-R-L-I-G-I-G-P-I-C-T-U-R-E-S dot, uh, at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, that's an easy way to catch me on email, uh, but you can message me uh, through Facebook as well. 
And that Excellent. goes for the people also that have maybe had an experience and you they think they yeah, might it, want to tell the story. Even, even if you see something, if you see like UFOs that are consistent at night, I travel throughout the U.S. More than likely, I'll be in your area at some point in time. Mm. Hey, we'll go out there together and, and we'll film the skies. We'll find it. That's awesome. That's Bill, great. I had a great time today. So did I. Amazing time. And um, we're going to do this again very soon. And we're almost going on two hours, aren't we? And oh, you're yeah. a world you're, you're of the knowledge, winner. Bill. This is our longest really show. Are. You win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I could go on for two more hours, but uh, I let's could do too. that next time. Yeah, we, and, we need uh, to save this for some future content. <laughs> sure, no, we'll have plenty of content. Uh, Again, okay, guys, I appreciate pleasure. it. And uh, thanks and so much. Let bro. me know when it drops, and I'll make yeah, sure it we gets will. spread out everywhere, too. Great. And, and uh, we'll get some more good stories coming up. And we can even talk non UFO stuff sometimes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Bill. All Great. Right. Thanks.